Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. I'm going to be kicking off the show with a fantastic entrepreneur, fantastic uh, Army service member, veteran, uh, Carson Goodell, the CEO at Fan Food App. Carson, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Um, you are a uh, fascinating individual. Like I said, you have served in the Army Reserve um, and always uh, appreciate bringing uh, folks on that have served. And uh, Carson, you are an innovator. Tell us a little bit about your experiences that led up to the creation of fan food. Why did you get into this line of work? And we'll talk some more about it in just a moment. Yeah, yeah, not not uh, too too exciting of an aha moment. I went to the University of Iowa my sophomore year in college. Uh, I was complaining about a uh, crappy bar experience with some of my buddies and said, wouldn't it be great if I could order a drink off my phone rather than having to navigate through this crowded bar scene? Um, there was a lot of growth with online and, and mobile ordering. Um, and I pivoted to sports because I felt the biggest pain point um, as a sports fan was waiting in long lines for concessions. Absolutely. And so you, I know your team at FanFood uh, believes that uh, fans shouldn't miss a moment waiting for concessions, or you could call it laziness. Either, either way, um, FanFood is a really, really interesting uh, platform, very creative solution. And uh, we will get back to uh, eating in uh, in sporting venues and, and so on very, very soon, I hope. So let's get right into it. What is fan food? Obviously, we sort of briefly introduced that and uh, tell us sort of where it's been rolled out so far. Yeah, so we started with the vision. The fan food was, was born with the vision to deliver the ultimate fan experience. And our mission was to make the ordering process as frictionless as possible for fans. And what we built was a marketplace that connected fans to concession stands that offered three key services, the ability for that fan to order before they get to the event. Um, and then during game day, they can order for express pickup and in-seat delivery. That was pre-COVID. And then COVID hit. And then what happened to fan food? The vision stays the same, but our mission has changed to now provide the quickest and easiest contactless services for businesses that have been affected by it which is virtually any business, but our platform remains. 
um, we offer uh, you know the ability to order ahead and contactless pickup and delivery. And we have those tools out of the box today. And so, uh, you know, pre-COVID, we were in over 100 different uh, uh, venue types from high schools, colleges, professional venues, um, offering those kinds of services. And most recently, we did a deal with uh, the Dubai Mall, the largest mall in the world. They had a front-end app, but they had over 200 restaurants in their mall. Uh, as we know, malls have been dying because of the rise of commerce, right? And so they digitized their front-end through the Dubai Mall app, but what they didn't have was the ability to offer their contactless services. So I pivoted my development team. They, we upgraded their app and their backend to plug it in. And now if you download the Dubai Mall app, you can use it um, as a restaurant. And then we partnered with the, a third-party last-mile delivery company, and we focused on our core value proposition. And I think that is um, an exciting use case to um, how I see uh, the vision of fan food growing. Oh, well, that's, that's so awesome. And I actually have the Dubai Mall app on my <laughs> phone because I was in at the Dubai Mall about two years ago. And uh, at the time, uh, you, you did not have uh, that capability. And it's a massive, massive place. And it makes sense that malls would want to partner with fan food uh, to provide uh, additional amenities, if you want to call it that, um, and, and, and ways, uh, to, uh, to service, uh, you know, visitors and shoppers at the mall. And, um, I, I would, I would assume that when we, when we do get back to sporting venues, there will be, uh, everybody will want to be there and not miss a moment of the action. So everybody will want to have that fan food platform. So, um, Carson, you work primarily with the venues or are you working with the, uh, with the uh, vendors that are there? Both. Right. Uh, and so when you would in, in for a high school, that means you're a, a volunteer parent that's, you know, running a booster club to drive fundraising opportunities for a professional team. That generally means they don't want to deal with the concession. So they contract it out to a food service company and we need the buy in from all of them. The teams, the vendors that are, are providing the concessions, um, we need them all. Absolutely. And I know uh, something that sort of sets you guys apart is also the uh, actionable insights that, uh, that help um, your customers to increase revenue and improve operations, which is really important. So Carson, yep. I want to pivot uh, for a moment and, and talk uh, a little bit about sort of your experience in starting a business and share some insights um, and, and advice uh, with our listeners that might be tuning in and, and are in that uh, phase of entrepreneurship. Yes, it's a scary time to start a business, but um, with the right input, as we always do on Get Down to Business, with the right advice from folks that have been there and, and done that, uh, hopefully they can be successful. So, Carson, I'll, I'll just sort of cut right to the chase. What was the most challenging piece for you in the growth of Fan Food app? I think one thing is always thinking about like documented processes, trying to build structure. And this is where the kind of the military entrepreneur kind of comes into play because I'm always thinking about structure and processes, but in a startup, there are literally zero and you know, you're kind of constantly reinventing them. But I think it's important to establish a foundation and always be defining uh, success and what the objective of every step, single step you take, whether that is, you know, me coming on this radio uh, or me responding to a follow-up email, there should always be an intent. So if you as an entrepreneur are thinking about how can I continue, like every action I take, how is this moving the needle for the business? And always be thinking about that um, in an actionable way. 
um, and focus on solving customer problems, right? We're a technology company. Um, and I can tell you that we were building, we've kept building on, you know, trying to get to that professional opportunity, right? We want the, the big boys. Um, and we were kept building all these features, 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 and to get them to say yes. Um, but really, the, I think what we learned um, in, in, in this kind of COVID landscape, focus on solving the customer's pain points, um, and then you'll create long-term success. That's uh, great advice. And I think that that is relevant, really, regardless of industry, regardless of line of work. And you mentioned military, and I was planning on bringing this up. Uh, People ask me this all the time, but I want to get your advice. Um, You have worn two very, very different hats. Um, The hat of an entrepreneur um, on one end, and army and military is really the opposite side of the spectrum. It's very, um, you know, follow processes, follow procedure, chain of command. Don't think too much out of the box. Um, how do you balance those two as sort of very different mindsets? Um, I didn't do probably the best job because on the military side, I challenged the status quo and the way the, you know, traditional way of thinking um, and so I, uh, you know, that, you know, I went from a uh, uh, private all the way up to an officer. I went, you know, through the kind of the spectrum and experienced both sides. Um, when I was a private, that got me in trouble. As an officer, you know, I created an, a sense of empowerment within my organization. And I wanted the privates to, you know, give feedback um, because I felt like that, you know, as I thought about uh, leadership, how do we improve the organization as a whole and accomplish the mission? How do we create that sense of empowerment? That's kind of what I focus on. And that's how I, you know, um, but in terms of like the organizational structure and processes and everything like that, um, the military is the, I think, an, an amazing use case of, of how to build structure. Now, they take it to an extreme level, but I think the lessons and principles that, you know, uh, can be applied and actually... Um, make make those uh, I think for uh, for uh, successful entrepreneurs a lot of the skills that you learn in the military and the principles that you do learn um, actually enable uh, the entrepreneurs that you know that you know veterans that want to become entrepreneurs uh, to be successful um, and I think they that gives them the right tools that they need um, it's just you know kind of thinking about it in a different way Absolutely. Uh, really, really interesting. And it sounds like it's empowered you to, uh, to be uh, the best CEO <laughs> and build, a, build a, a great organization. So I've been chatting with Carson Goodell, the CEO at Fan Food. As you say, ordering is just a tap away. Um, so Carson, um, really, really interesting stuff. How can folks learn more about your business? Uh, you can learn more by visiting our website at fanfoodapp.com. I appreciate your time, Carson. Thank you, fanfoodapp.com. Uh, we'll follow your progress and uh, good luck with everything. Thanks for, thanks for joining me on the air. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Chicago, don't touch the dial. We'll be back on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship in just a minute. Hey, welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Brooke Elder, the owner of Social Tenacity. And Brooke, is uh, probably the the term from everything that I've seen, uh, is a teacher. You are an educator and you use those skills to, uh, to, to, build, to help others build teams 
and uh, and expands uh, your business's reach. So, uh, Brooke, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show uh, this evening. Welcome to Get Down to Business. Thank you. It's so fun to be here. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat. Absolutely. So, um, Brooke, you have a very impressive uh, uh, book of experience, and you've used your experience as a teacher, as we said, to help educate other businesses. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I started teaching. Um, that's what I went to school for. And so I was a, an elementary school teacher. And after I started having kids, I was like, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. But then I got super, super bored. So like most moms that leave like the corporate world to stay home and get bored, they join a network marketing company. And that's exactly what I did. And through all of that, I learned a lot about how to build teams and do everything all online. And I, during that time, I created a training center because I'm all about teaching my people. And within three months, I had 10,000 people using my training center. And I'm like, hmm, there's something to this. And so that's when I launched Social Tenacity, where I train all sorts of network marketers how to build their businesses online. You certainly do. And I know that you have, uh, obviously, from being hands-on in that line of work, you understand how things were and how things are now and you have yeah. improvised. So tell us a little bit about from the time that you were, um, I, I believe, an online business consultant for Go Coconuts Design, uh, how things have changed even just over the past 10 years. There's been a lot of changes. I mean, when I started doing all of my online marketing Facebook didn't even have Facebook ads. So that's how far like a long ago this was, you know. And so things definitely have changed, but really it all comes down to your messaging and your purpose and being able to talk about the things that you're passionate about and your gifts and talents and strengths. Those are the things that are always the same. When you have a mission, it may be a different way to deliver it, but when you are delivering your mission, it really is the same no matter what. Absolutely. And I know you are really passionate about helping women um, entrepreneurs, women in business. And uh, I'm, I'm really curious, um, what are some of the tips? I don't want to take all the tips because you have a podcast and you have a lot of advice that you share through free resources on your website as well. And of course, we'll make sure our listeners know how to find it. What are some of the tips for women in business specifically that have helped you and that you might be willing to share uh, with those listening this evening? Well, I think being a woman in business, like it's, it's not, I would say very common, especially like I have four kids at home still and I homeschool my kids. And so you definitely have to have a lot of great time management skills. And so I talk a lot about time blocking and I have in the mornings from the time I wake up till 11 o'clock, that is my family kid time. Like that's when we do school. That's when we do things as a family. And then I have my work time. And then at night I have family time again. And so just making sure that I have those boundaries set up. So that way when I'm being mom, I'm not guilty that I'm not working. And when I'm working, I'm not guilty that I'm not being mom, you know, setting those up of how it's going to work and everyone's different, but that's probably the biggest tip. Cause I think as women, we kind of beat ourselves up a little bit about all the things we quote unquote should be doing. And it just helps to be able to set the boundaries. 
So uh, you exemplify work hard, play hard, um, being able to uh, to be the best at everything that you do. And that's that's really uh, admirable and that's great advice. And you also have helped business owners um, really all over the country scale to build a team. And that is a really big milestone when somebody goes from their own idea or their own opportunity and suddenly it's bigger. You, you have this aha moment when you realize, I just can't do it on my own anymore. And I could actually do so much more if I add people to, the, uh, to that process. So walk us through some of the challenges and perhaps some of the advice that you share on, on, on getting to that point. Well, I think some of the challenges, especially for most people who are entrepreneurs, are very driven. And when you're very driven, you want to do everything yourself because you know the best way to do it. So letting go some of that control is was probably the hardest thing that I had to learn how to do. And to let somebody do it their own way, but it still gets the results that you want, you know, or at least very close to the result that you want. And I had a mentor tell me once that if you have someone else that can do a job at 80% as good as you, that's good enough and you have to be okay with that. So a motto that I live by now is done is better than perfect. So as long as it's done, it may not be to like my 100% expectations, but as long as it's done and it's working and functioning, like you got to let it go and it'll be fine. <laughs> really, really interesting. And uh, it is probably one of the hardest things that I that I hear from uh, from folks all over. And it doesn't always work properly, does it, Brooke? Sometimes you you have people that you work with, whether you actually employ them, they're actually, they work for you, or whether, I, I we're going to talk network marketing in a second, um, but even if they're, they're sort of representing a brand that you have created, it's really painful when something doesn't work out, isn't it? Yes, it is. And sometimes you have to let people go. And I've learned that it's, as soon as you know that that's the moment, like this is just not going to work out, it's best to just cut ties where you're at because the longer that you like string that out, the worse it gets. Oh, absolutely. So um, there is a term that you have, the secret society. And I just want to sort of deal with the elephant in the room, so to speak over here. A lot of people associate network marketing as a spam. Um, Let's just call it what it is. You don't believe that that is always the case and you are the secret society. Tell us a little bit uh, about your sort of why you feel that way and your approach to vetting opportunities. Well, network marketing, when done the right way, which is a way that you're building that's authentic, you're building around your gifts, your talents, your mission, it can be a very successful and very fulfilling business and it is not spammy at all. So the reason we have the secret society is because we are a group of network marketers who want to change the face of what network marketing looks like. And I think that network marketing sometimes kind of gets the shaft of like, we call it like the redheaded stepchild of network or of entrepreneurship because like everyone like doesn't really want to look into that, but it actually can be a really good vehicle for especially women who don't have a lot of startup money that want to do something that makes it their own, but do it in a way that's not bugging your friends and family and sending the, Hey girl, Hey, haven't seen you since high school, but buy my stuff kind of messages. Sure, sure, sure. And we don't have much time remaining, but I do want to uh, ask you if there are any 
uh, specific success stories that you can share. Um, you know, feel free to share with a name or without a name, whatever you're comfortable with. But you've been doing this for quite a while, and I, I see. I have the fortune of seeing the look on your face. Our listeners don't, but you you are so passionate about this. And I know that passion is contagious. Tell us a little bit about, about one of your success stories. So my favorite success story is about, is about Kristen. Um, she had been in network marketing for four years, never really got anywhere. And um, then she came to me and we were telling her about her mission, her purpose. And when she finally figured out what that was, she ended up uh, changing companies. But with that company within six months, she was a six figure earner. She had earned a car. She had a huge team and all of this. And it's all because she got connected to what her mission really is. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And uh, you have been through this experience hands-on. So you know uh, the advice that can be provided. Uh, we've been chatting with Brooke Elder from Social Tenacity. As uh, Going back to how we started this conversation, Brooke is a teacher and she can teach you uh, how, to, uh, how to build teams. And uh, Brooke, you have, you have a podcast, you have a lot of advice and information available on your website. Our listeners I know have questions. How can they get a hold of you? So the best way is to, one, if you want to learn more about us, to listen to our podcast called Authentic Influencer Podcast. And the other way is we do have a Facebook group called Authentic Influencer Marketing. And we are in there all the time going live, answering people's questions, all of that. So those are the two best places to find us. Awesome. Well, appreciate your time. Appreciate all of the advice that you've shared um, on Get Down to Business. And uh, I'll look forward to uh, checking back in with you and hearing more of those success stories over the coming months. Awesome. Thanks so much. Absolutely. And uh, here on Get Down to Business, we are the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Uh, whether we're dealing with coronavirus or not, whether you're working in the home office or you're in your uh, corporate uh, suite, uh, we want to provide all of the tips, advice, and information. So check out my website, shellandclimb.com. We just had the six-year anniversary of shows. Lots of great resources, content for you. Spread the word. Friends, colleagues at shellandclimb.com. We'll be back. Welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I'm thrilled to be joined by Craig Lawrence, principal consultant of Risk Protection Associates, and an all-around well-recognized strategic risk management advisor and security professional with a very unique uh, resume, uh, including an investigative law enforcement and business experience. Craig, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Shalom. I appreciate it. Good to be absolutely. here. Absolutely. So that is a very unique um, uh, sort of intro that I was able to give. Um, you have a fascinating background. Um, if you don't mind, share with our listeners a little bit about some of, uh, some of the things you've been fortunate to do over, over, your, uh, over your professional career. Sure. Yeah. Actually, I'm a licensed private detective by trade. I have been since 1990 or so. And um, that brought me into the corporate security arena. And um, I ended up uh, running my own corporate security consulting intelligence and investigations firm here in Chicago for about 13 years. 
I then went to work for one of my clients, one of my biggest clients, um, the Ace Hardware Corporation, where uh, this was right around the time of the recession. And uh, I ended up doing um, uh, uh, securing a global security and investigations leadership position with that organization, which is a great organization to work for. In fact, I still do work for uh, that that corporation to this day. And then I uh, ended up going to Amazon where I was uh, on a team um, that was in global investigations and security. It was the first team of its kind in Amazon. Um, and uh, I ended up now back full circle in consulting. And uh, now I'm, I'm, uh, I hung my own shingle once again with Risk Protection Associates. And I'm doing corporate security, intelligence and investigations um, for corporate clients. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a fancy term for, like you said in your intro, risk mitigation. It, it just so happens that the risk mitigation that I'm focused on, or at least have been for very long, that might be shifting to uh, microbiological and uh, virological threats, you know, uh, as we're experiencing them now. But uh, the uh, the risks that I typically deal with have to do with criminality in the workplace. So theft, fraud, um, embezzlement, collusion, um, loss prevention, and uh, uh, those kinds of issues. But sure, as Craig, I, what, I, what I admire and respect uh, about what you've been doing is not only uh, obviously you're the uh, extensive experience that you bring to your clients, but also your uh, your guidance that you have provided to. Uh, nonprofits and community organizations, which is certainly very uh, unique and admirable. But um, I, I try to uh, focus the show both on the here and now, but also on the future. And and while right now uh, we are, most of us are in home offices and so on, the reality is that post-coronavirus, many of us will be going back to a workplace. And I know that you have spent a lot of time consulting regarding workplace um, security. When I want to make sure our listeners know as they start to prepare their post-coronavirus recovery plan and they start to re-envision how things will be set up, what are some of the tips and advice that you would provide to them in, as they, in terms of security and safety? Yeah, that's a great, uh, that's a great question. Um, there's, there's a lot going on, um, not only in terms of security, obviously, before people get back to work, they have to ensure that their buildings are safe and secure. For instance, something as simple as you might have people that aren't coming back to work or they aren't going to be working in a facility anymore. Did you collect their keys? Did you collect their, you know, access control cards um, after the building has been sitting dormant for, for three months? But um, there's going to be a focus on building safety and security. There's going to be a focus on new guidelines and adjustments to the workplace. For instance, you know, all these tech companies, they, they had this push for open workplaces and, you know, shared cubicles and shared workspaces, all that stuff. I see that being adjusted because uh, of, uh, you know, the threats to health and safety. So we have to look out for the, uh, the safety of our, of our employees, but also the safety of customers. So I see a lot more limiting customer access to facilities and uh, uh, rearranging the workplace and staggering things so that people aren't necessarily walking in anymore. Maybe it's a drive-through window. Maybe it's you're doing face-to-face through a, a piece of plexiglass. And then the last thing is making sure that you're in compliance with, uh, you know, OSHA just came out with new guidance, OSHA, uh, the 3990 document, which talks about 
you know, what personal protection equipment needs to be provided to people, whether they're working as contractors or working in a store. So there's all kinds of things going on that need to be considered. And um, it's, it's a, a point of consulting that I'm actually getting involved in now with helping businesses get through that readjustment. And actually, um, one of the concepts that we came up with was disinfection services. I actually partnered with a colleague of mine, Total Security Group, to put unemployed security guards back to work by doing workplace disinfection um, with, uh, sec- uh, we call it securepro-cleaners.com. And, and uh, we're going to be helping businesses actually, you know, everybody's going to need to disinfect before they get back to work. Sure. What a great idea. What a great initiative. And now I'm scared. My wife has been listening and she's going to secure the workplace here at, in, at my home office. But Craig, uh, thank you so much for all that very, very helpful advice. Very timely, very relevant. Um, regardless of coronavirus, our listeners surely will want to uh, talk to you and touch base. How can they get a hold of you? Uh, 847-748-7770. And they can go to my risk protection website, which is riskpai.com, or they can go to securepro-cleaners.com for the disinfection service. Well, thanks, Craig Lawrence from Risk Protection Associates. We'll be right back. And we're back on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. You can get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the past six years of programs with some fantastic guests, including my returning guest, Tom Urbali. Uh, Tom Hello. is an independent agent. It's great to have you on. Uh, his website is healthplanchicago.com. But let's get right into it, Tom. Um, this is a very, very interesting time, and I know your services are very, very much in demand. You are an independent agent, and you work with both employees and employers to ensure that they find the ideal custom plan for their health insurance needs. Tom, what has um, your home office or your office office looked like over the past couple of weeks? Swamped. We are virtually swamped. And, and I love it because I get leads from uh, WIND and I get people who have listened to WIND for months and months and years and years. And they keep on saying, you know, we hear your commercials. I'm out of work. I'm out of insurance. I don't have Cobra. I need help. And it is just very, very, very busy. So Tom, I, I was looking at the uh, at the statistics earlier this morning as I prepared for the show, and it, it's it's staggering statistics of how how uh, the percentage of the uh, the working uh, class across the country has decreased right now. The number of people that are actually part of the workforce is substantially substantially lower than even yeah. just six weeks ago. So that means that many of them will will be able to stay on their on their employers' health insurance plans if they were laid off. But a lot of people are in the market looking for, for plans. So what? tell us a little bit about your approach and how uh, you would respond to somebody that calls you saying that they are newly laid off and looking for a health insurance option. What plans are out there? Well, I basically tell people that my plans are not in compliance with the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, and that they are not forced to include mandatory maternity coverage. And that perks everybody up right off the bat because on the average, it runs about $400 a month per adult, meaning mother and father, okay? And if it's a single parent, it's just the parent that gets charged 
the $400 or so, depending upon the age, from mandatory maternity coverage. So that right off the bat has people calling because it's a very big item. Hey, mom and dad, that's $800 per month just for maternity coverage. And if you're 50, 55, if you're 45, what are you going to use maternity coverage for? So that's what sparks the phone call. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I, I know, you know, for so many families across the country, certainly our listeners um, on the show uh, this evening, uh, money is very, very tight. And when you talk even of, of plans that are a couple hundred dollars a month, um, that's, you know, I know you say this on your website, and we don't talk about it enough on the air that having health insurance is sometimes being compared to like having term life insurance, um, that basically, if you if it meets your needs, great. But if not, then the money's going to waste. So there are plans available, HSA plans, I believe, that might make more sense. Let's talk about some of those options. Well, the HSA programs are uh, structured plans, and there are two plans under the Blue Cross Blue Shield Affordable Care Act plans that are basically available for clients to participate in the HSA. But they're very expensive with a high deductible. Now, I also tell clients that they can take the short-term major medical plans up to six months uh, per term, and they can put money, the money that they save in premiums, they can put money into their 401k, their 529 for college. Uh, You know, they can put that into an IRA. So they're actually getting money from saving on the monthly premiums uh, and they can make those tax deductible contributions. So you don't necessarily have to have an HSA, but the HSA is available all year long for medical services. Whereas a 401k or a, or an IRA, you know, you, you, you would get penalized uh, if you took money up before retirement. And the theme that I keep hearing from you in all of our discussions on and off air is, you know, there is a custom solution for everybody. I know you, you, you like to talk about how maternity coverage is not something that many males um, will, will, will be taking advantage of anytime soon. And so you, you find a custom solution. You've talked about Blue Cross Blue Shield, but you, you work with a lot of different providers and a lot of different plans. So, Tom, how long have you been in this line of work? 1996. 1996. So that's a lot of experience that you bring to the table and a lot of relationships with these companies. So uh, obviously you've been through the great recession um, that we uh, just got out of a couple of years ago. And many of those calls are, are likely uh, similar to the calls that you were receiving then. So you're well positioned and well established to be able to provide that custom solution. And uh, we are going to squeeze in a quick break and we're going to talk a little bit more about um, your okay. community, because I know that that's a, a big part of, uh, of what makes you a professional. But uh, Tom, before we get a break, I, I know already a lot of our listeners are, are, are asking how they can get in touch with you, how they could ask their specific questions. What's the best way to reach you? They can call me directly seven days a week, 24 hours a day at 630-863-3477. Again, that's 630 Three four seven seven, and if I don't answer, please leave your name and number, and I'll get back to you within hours. 
Absolutely. And um, we are going to have our listeners test that out. They will call any sure. hour of the day or night at 630-863-3477. And we will see if we get a one-hour return phone call. Um, we're going to put that to the test. Um, either way, just all kidding aside, you could also visit healthplanchicago.com. Uh, and uh, Tom Irvalli is a true professional. Tom will be back with us in just a moment. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back and get down to business, but be sure to check out our website, shalomkline.com and follow me on Twitter for all the latest tips, advice, and information. We'll be right back. Back on this show, all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship and continuing our conversation with Tom Mirabali, independent agent. You can find out all about him and all about these services, custom solutions for your health insurance needs at healthplanchicago.com or calling him 630-863-3477. Tom, we were just chatting about your uh, unique approach uh, to helping those both unemployed as well as employers. And I know that what um, what you look for is trying to save people money. So let's talk about a couple of those examples of how, uh, the, the price differences. Well, here, if I do a 60-year-old woman, a non-smoker, and if she's going on to the Affordable Care Act, that woman, one of the least expensive plans on a PPO basis would cost her $854 per month. So it's $854 per month with an $8,150 annual deductible. That includes maternity coverage. If I gave her a $2,500 deductible with a 100% program, it's going to cost her $415 a month. So there's a substantial difference by buying a plan that is not in compliance with the Affordable Care Act and does not include the mandatory maternity coverage. Oh, that is a very substantial difference. And uh, also another substantial difference of, uh, of what sets you apart is I know your involvement in the in the community. And that is very important to all of our listeners. Uh, I know you are a, uh, a a big fan of the team here at uh, AM560, The Answer. And I know that you, you uh, well, while everybody's quarantined and everybody's worried about health insurance, um, you are sitting back and you are getting calls and you take those calls, even if somebody just needs a little bit of advice. So how long have you been uh, having a uh, relationship with the station here. Oh, I think we're on eight years going on nine. Oh, that's awesome. And um, you uh, you are very involved in a lot of networking groups. Well, tell us a little bit a little bit about some of those organizations and places where, uh, where you spend your time. Well, I basically have uh, some community organization items. I do a couple of seminars upon request. And uh, a lot of people, they just uh, want information when they call me. And I'm the old-fashioned school type guy. I will mail out U.S. Postal Service. Let's hear it for USPS. I will mail them out information for them to actually read along with all of the quotes that I am proposing to them. A lot of agents don't do that. They say, oh, email it to me. Well, some people don't do email very well. <laughs> so, but um, no, I, if people call me and they request a quote, I will personally fill out the quote. I will write them a little note, a little letter, very ex- self-explanatory and mail them the black and white, sit in the kitchen and read it over. And then they can call me with questions and I can walk them through any question that they have. Oh, well, that's uh, that's a very, very personal approach. And uh, I know uh, that's what people are looking for. It's a tough time right now. And uh, you take every call uh, as uh, as seriously as the next. So Tom Urban, producer for Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois, and, um, and just an all-around great guy. Uh, Tom, uh, let's uh, share your contact information one more time. 
Yes, you can call me at 630-863-3477. That's 630-863-3477. My website is www.healthinsuranceplanschicago.com. Healthinsuranceplanschicago.com. Thank you so much, Tom Arabali, for joining us um, on the air as always. Thank you. Stay healthy and stay well. uh, You too. What a great lineup of guests we had today. Uh, Carson Goodale from Fan Food App, um, Brooke Elder, Social Tenacity, Craig Lawrence, and finally, of course, Tom Mirabali. We are the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And uh, my, uh, my tip, as I always like to share at the end of the show, is, uh, is actually one of paying it forward. I uh, highly encourage all of our listeners, take this time as we are all socially um, sort of removed from each other, uh, physically removed anyway, check on a couple of your colleagues, friends, neighbors, people that you're used to seeing regularly and pick up the phone, call them, say hi, and make sure everybody's doing okay. We need that social interaction to, uh, at all times. Uh, to success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560, The Answer.